Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Audit Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Russell, and today I'm just going to go on a rant. I'm not going to quite rave, so there's going to be a rant, maybe a little bit of raving. We'll see how it all turns out, but I'm part of a audit group, a messaging group, ask different questions about audit issues, AI impact, all that kind of good stuff, whatever you want to talk about. And somebody threw out this question of, do you think the CAE should conduct an audit at least once a year to maintain their audit skills? And I like lost it. And maybe it was because my hot water heater blew up and I had to wait six hours for it to get fixed. And so I stuck at home and didn't really have anything else to do. But I just like lost it. We have this such a negative perception of audit. I was telling someone recently that I was at a surprise birthday party for someone. I didn't really know anybody else except the birthday girl. And, you know, hey, what do you do? This is what I do. And I told someone, I was like, yeah, I do audit analytics consultant. The guy literally walked away from me. He said, audit, nope, nope. He went, nope, 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 and turned around and walked away. I mean, he was joking, but nonetheless, that's the perception that audit typically has. And if we can't, like, move up and out of this very low level, all we know is audit thing that we have, we're just making everybody look bad. Everyone in the in the profession looks bad. And so the I basically replied and said, look, the higher you go up in the organization in your audit career, the less you need to worry about the A in CAE, the more you need to focus on the E, the executive part of CAE. If you're a faithful listener of the show, you know we ask that question of a lot of CAEs. How do you become the E when all you've ever known is the A? And so it just drove me nuts to think that there could even be CAEs that are dipping down and doing tick marks or something along those lines. Obviously, there's some gray area. There's a bit of a caveat depending on the size of your audit team. Look, if you have three, four, five, whatever the number is, yeah, you might have to dip a little bit lower and do some of the detailed work that you might not want to do otherwise. But I cannot imagine someone with a CAE title doing anything, focusing on anything more than the executive part. That's all they care about. That's all the board cares about. That's what the C-suite cares about. Be an executive. They don't need you to be a detailed auditor. Bring the things that matter to them when they matter to them, I will say. Through additional conversation in the message group, someone mentioned corporate governance audit, strategic audits, things like that. CAE probably needs to be a little bit more involved in those. Totally fine with that, taking on a larger role in the audit execution when it comes to those types of sensitive topics. But otherwise, get out of there. And when I talk about bringing the things that matter to them when it matters, I will never forget this, ever. Because of what I do, I see a decent amount of audit reports. And I saw one one time where let's just say it was the marketing department. They changed their name from marketing to marketing and innovation. We want to be innovative in our marketing approach. And so we're going to be 
marketing and innovation. We did an episode with Paul Arab a while back where he did something similar instead of the internal audit department, it was internal audit and advisory. So they went through this whole rebranding thing. So internal audits looking at this marketing department, reviewing policies and procedures as part of their audit work. And they notice that the marketing and innovation department is only listed still as marketing in the policies and procedures. And they wrote that as a finding. We noted the marketing innovation department is listed as just marketing in their policies and procedures. And they sent that to the audit committee, the chair and the board. Those people could not have cared less about that finding. That was the most frustrating thing I think I've seen. Definitely the most frustrating finding that I've ever seen. They 100% could not have cared less about that. And it absolutely undermines our credibility. Probably the fastest way to do that is to bring this super small probably should have just given them a, hey, we noticed this, you guys might want to go in and change it, kind of attention to this issue that is so minor. But now they're looking at us going, do they really think that we care about that even a little bit? You got to put yourself in their shoes. You have to look at it from the board's perspective, the CEO's perspective and go, okay, what do you actually care about? And an easy, super easy way to do that, just ask them, hey, what do you want? And why do you want that? As a CEO, what do you want? And they'll tell you, because I'm sure they've gone through, I don't know, probably hours and hours and hours of crafting some vision statement that they paid way too much money for uh, and understanding their why and all this kind of great stuff. They probably know it extremely well. Whatever that is, help them get that. I promise you it has nothing to do with the rebranding of a marketing department and if they are adhering to that when they are in their policies and procedures and making sure they're up to date. As part of that message, that group message I was talking about, someone said, hey, look, that, that sounds great on paper, but basically there's a lot of CAEs who are only the E in title, and, and we're not getting invited to those conversations. And to that, you can either quit that job and go find somewhere else that actually will give you that seat at the table, which... Side note, I am about tired of hearing see at the table. I don't know another way that we can um, say it, but we got to stop. We have to stop that. This like little kid, we're at the kid's table, see at the table thing, whatever that mindset is, we got to, we have to get over that. You basically have three options. You can either go get another job somewhere else where you might already have that baked in. Whoever was the CAE before did a job well enough that they went, oh yeah, we kind of get what audit does. This, this makes a lot of sense. We need to bring that person in. Uh, we need to have conversations with them. They understand the business. They can actually help us outside of some tiny issue that nobody really cares about. So you can leave. You can quit trying at your current organization, which is the most unfulfilling thing I could think of. You do the same thing for years and years and years and years and years. And basically you go home and you go, you know, how was your day? Eh, it's all right. I mean, did you do anything different? Did you make a difference? No, not really. Um, they don't let me, which is super sad. Like, I feel so sorry for that. Or you can continue to try. Like, you have to at least try to keep getting there. And if that means they won't listen to you, I think about this. Like, whenever you go to a conference and all the vendors get your email address and they send you an email and you might see the first one and go, hey, thanks for stopping at our booth. We just wanted to. And you go, no, delete. Hey, just following up on that. No, delete. One last time, just no, delete. 
I mean, before, I mean, after the first or second one, you start to realize it's coming from this person, just delete it. I'm not even going to open it. If you aren't bringing something that they actually care about, that's exactly what they're doing to you. Every email that you send, they're just going to go, who cares? Delete it. So if you have something that's actually going to help the business and they're going, eh, delete, show up. Most of the executives are still in the office. Go there. Knock on the door. Who cares? If nothing else, at least they see you and know that you're trying to add value to the organization. And if you are leaving to go somewhere else or you're an aspiring CAE and you're looking to become that CAE, when you're interviewing, you're interviewing to see if you want to work there, not if they want you to work there. If there's one lesson that I learned uh, from my college days, it was that. They impressed that on us all the time. You go interview them, make sure you want to work there. Rather than, obvious, and there's obviously there's caveats there, there's gray area. You got to provide for your family. Sure. Take it uh, if you have to, and then get out of there when you can. When I interviewed for, to, to lead an audit department, very small audit department, that was my mindset going in. They asked my management style. I told them what it was. What are you going to do different? This is what I'm going to do different. I should have confirmed that they were okay with that. I took their smile and a nod as, yeah, we're, we're, we're okay with that. I stayed there three months and left because it, it didn't align with what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it and my expectations of what my role was. And they were not okay with that. And I said, look, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. This is how it's supposed to be done. So at least learn from my mistake and not confirming that and draw the line in the sand during that process and tell them how it's supposed to be. This is how audit is supposed to work. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to make it work. And I'm not going to do this. Hey, every year I get 10 minutes of FaceTime with the CEO or I get X amount of time with the audit committee and they rubber stamp the, the audit plan. And then that's it. Like that's completely unacceptable. And there's zero fulfillment in doing that. We've interviewed a hundred people on this show, over a hundred people. If you've been listening this year, maybe even a little bit before that, when we have CAEs on, it is, what do you actually do? How do you talk to the audit committee? What actually works? What are you talking to the CEO about? How do you become an effective CAE, basically? Like, how do you do this job and do it well and make the entire audit profession basically look good? If I boil down this show and all the experts, all the thought leaders, all the recognized thought leaders, the one thing that they've all said is that it's about relationships. And if you suck at building relationships, then get better at it. Do it intentionally. Don't just, hey, every quarter you get 10 minutes uh, in front of everybody and that's it. That's all we're going to, that's all we're going to do for it. I promise you, if you have a relationship with those people and you're adding value in terms of to the business and they're not just coming to you to talk about audit stuff, but hey, uh, this has really nothing to do with audit, but I just wanted your perspective as an executive, as someone that understands this business, understands this industry. I have this question for you. What do you think? Hal Guerin, probably one of the, one of my favorite thought leaders. We've had him on here multiple times. Pretty much any new content show, whatever, uh, that I start, Hal shoots up to the top of the list of people that I want on there. And we asked him a question the last time he was on, something to the, um, something along the lines of, how did you know you made it as a CAE? And he said, it's when the CEO knocked on his door and came to him and said, Hal, I want your opinion on this. And it had nothing to do with audit. It was strictly about the business and it wasn't just 
let me understand, you know, how would you audit this? It wasn't anything to do with that. It was about the business and the fact that he respected Hal's opinion of the business and what Hal knew in the industry and how, what would you do basically if you were in my shoes? That's what we have to shoot for. All right. Went on a few tangents there. I'm pretty sure there's some thoughts that I didn't even finish because I jumped from one thing to another, but I feel better. This is very therapeutic. I appreciate you listening. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.